Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Real people, real stories, real hope. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my co-host in life, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. And you are along with us as we keep this hope train moving on down the track. Choo-choo. Well, that was a different one. I like that yeah. one. That was a good one. I'm changing it up. You're changing it up? It's Ch- good to evolve. Yes. Yes, I agree. It's good to expand and change mm-hmm. things up and innovate. And and to always keep you guessing. I know. You yeah. do that well. My train horn is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if you came in here and you actually had like like a portable, real big like train horn? That oh, went, I like, can make ah. it happen. Really? Yeah. I think I think you need like an air compressor to make one of those things happen. Oh, I have one of those. Actually, you got me one for Christmas one year thinking it was real funny that you wrapped that and gave it to me. Is that kind of like when I got you a vacuum too? Yeah, I, I don't appreciate those Weren't gifts. Weren't those good presents? No, I actually don't like gifts. So what? I don't like like gifts like that. <laughs> you like other gifts? Yeah. You like sentimental gifts. Like food. What? <laughs> food is a gift? It is. Oh my gosh. Have you not gotten food as a gift? Like a dozen cupcakes or maybe, you know, those, uh, the fruit bouquets that are dipped in chocolate, a cake, cookies. No, because you've never bought me any of those things. You don't like food. What? You like air compressors. What? And hoses and (laughs) vacuums. Man stuff? You like man stuff. I like man stuff. No, I, I, it's not that I don't like food. I'm just not a foodie. Yeah. Like, I enjoy a really good meal. I like stuff that tastes good. I just don't, like, my life doesn't revolve around food. That's so strange to me. I know. It's I know. Because weird. You, it, you are a foodie at heart. You live it. You breathe it. You eat it. You look at it. Yeah. You dream about it. You consume it. You are all things food. It's really hard to travel with you sometimes because you aren't what? thinking about food. And what? I'm like, where are we going to eat? Like, you know, when we went to London and every two hours, I'm like, okay, like, what's next? What are we going to have? What are we going to have? And, like, you are just like, we got to go here. Got to do this. Got to do this. And you never wanted to stop and eat. Yeah. I, I sometimes love. Sometimes I forget. I want to stop on every corner and see what they have. I, I like There was options. some s- different stuff in London. I, know, I will tell you that. But like I like to look at beef, it. Beef pie and, like, weird stuff. Mincemeat pie. Yeah. That's not that's not a pie I want to eat. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that is. I don't want that either. Yeah. That doesn't sound like I mean, a there, shepherd's there was, pie. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being challenged to find something that sounded appetizing or awesome. Like, I I felt like we had a lot of fish and chips. There was a lot of, um, I I don't know. We just, it was interesting. Yeah, I don't even remember. I think we ended up at Starbucks a lot. (laughs) I I was just going to say that. We had oatmeal, like, every morning at Starbucks. (laughs) We like our stuff that we're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the the trouble. But anyway, um, happy to see you. Happy to see you smiling. Happy to see you, like, you're just radiating this energy right now. Always smiling. Always happy. You're radiating optimism and, uh, like, just abundance. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'm not always happy. I'm always content. What's the difference between happy and content? Okay, so happy is like a state that you're in, right? Yes. Content is like a lifelong thing. Like I am living contently. Content is being okay with not being happy, but not being sad. I'm both, I guess. What? I'm content and happy. That's what I am. You're content and happy. Yep. Can you exist in both states at once? 
Uh, the only time I'm not happy is when I'm probably sleeping, but actually I am happy when I'm sleeping. I don't know. <laughs> you like sleep as much I as you like sleep. I love sleep. I do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some funny. Okay. Enough about us, enough about food, enough about happiness and contentment. Let's oh. talk about funny. I am not done talking about food. Oh, okay. What else you got to share? I have to share my joke. You have a food joke. Always. Of course you have yeah. a food joke. You that is status quo. Yes. Okay. This is a cute one. Why did the orange stop rolling down the hill? Why did the orange stop rolling down the hill? Because it was, <laughs> I don't know. Because it ran out of juice. <laughs> <laughs> you can't roll no more. <laughs> that sounds like a, an electric vehicle kind of funny question. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't immediately get it. I got it. Now. It was, it was too smart for you. What? Like a smart car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for mine? I'm ready. I'm invading on your space right now. I'm going to, I'm going to do a food joke. Oh, goodness gracious. You might know this. And if you know it, it's going to, it's just going to crush me. I don't know all food jokes. But Why I- did the tomato blush? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because it saw the salad dressing. <laughs> I did know that one. <laughs> I have come across that one before. That one was a good one. That was good. I, you've never told that one. I got it before you did. Yeah. I'm Whoa. winning. I'm winning. You're not winning. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. <laughs> you're not winning. Why? You're telling my food jokes. I know, but I won on the joke contest. <laughs> Clearly, I won. You beat me with my own joke. Well, it wasn't your joke because you didn't say it yet. Okay, fine. <laughs> You be the winner. Uh, hey, I got to take my wins when I get them because yeah. I think you're probably ahead of me on the funny side. Because but. it's rare. What? It's rare that you win. What? It's okay. That doesn't sound good. I'm not judging. I'm just stating the facts. I won when I got you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> does you won that mean, the lottery. Does that mean you didn't win when you got me? I won when I got you. Okay, there we go. I think you were the bigger winner. Oh! <laughs> Just kidding. I might agree with you on that JK, one. JK, JK. All right, I got, I got a guest I want to uh, bring on the show. I want to call up. His name is Mark Henson. Okay? Mm-hmm. Awesome guy. He wrote a book called Ordinary Superpowers. Unleash the full potential of your most natural talents. What? Who wouldn't want to unleash the full potential of your natural talents. He, in the book, he goes on to explain that we all have superpowers. Okay. In spiritual terms, he's talking about we all have gifts. How do you know what those gifts are? How do you know what those superpowers are? How do you find them? How do you uncover Mm. that? And like, if you're not using them, you may not be living your purpose. Okay. And so we're going to talk to him. I think it's going to be a fascinating discussion. So shall we call him? Let's call him. The hope trains are coming. You hear Choo-choo, it? I do hear it out the back door. Well, let's call Mark. Let's get him on the line because okay. the Hope Train is here. Let's go. Okay. All right. I've got Mark Henson on the line. Mark, welcome to the Hope Radio Podcast. How are you today? I am fantastic. Sitting on my deck, sunshine is streaming through the trees. It's a good day. Hey, you know what? We're feeling the same way. We're here in Northern California. we got a little tent of smoke in the air, some of that wafting from the fires, uh, you know, a little further south from us. But, uh, you know, we're appreciative. Blue skies, sunshine, you know, it it could be worse. Absolutely. Uh, And I've got a little fire thing going on, too, but it's a campfire. 
totally intentional. Nothing dangerous. <laughs> oh, I miss campfires. I Don't miss I, campfires, As soon as you said camp, too. I thought of Gypsy, our I Airstream trailer. I thought of trailer. s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's a foodie, so she starts thinking about food as soon as you hear campfire. That's the only time I let myself have a s'more is when we're camping. See, to me, there is nothing better than sitting out amongst the stars yeah. with a fire in front of you, feeling that heat, watching the flames dance around, seeing the stars above. <sighs> And eating s'mores. Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, I'm the only one in my whole family who likes s'mores. Really? Oh, my gosh. I, I know. I'm in a family of weirdos. <laughs> it's funny because my our youngest son, Madden, he is a the best s'more maker in the world. And he's the only one that won't eat them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have to taste these. These are amazing. And he's like, I don't really like s'mores. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like graham cracker. So he'd be like a, he's like a skinny chef, right? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what's not to like? You got graham cracker, you got chocolate, you got marshmallow, and it's all toasted. Like, wh- that's like. He'll say, I don't like chocolate. And then you'll see him eating chocolate. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Our kids. Boy, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. So what part of the country are you in, Mark? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Midwest. Ohio. So you're you're at your happy place in Columbus, Ohio, enjoying the blue sky and a campfire. And, and a campfire. Yes. I want to be with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we we have a little cabin about an hour south of Columbus, and so during quarantine, my wife and I uh, have been spending almost the entire summer here, which has been just actually quite a blessing. It's mm-hmm. really really nice. We leave our, uh, you know, college age kids at home, so we all get a break, and uh, and we spend time down here together. So it's 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 a it's good family time because we're not all together at the mm-hmm. same time right now. Yeah, no, I I love that. We have a similar vibe. We've we've got a place down in uh, Cabo, and so we call it our little beach house. And so we'll we'll head down there to recharge and recharge our batteries. And the way that we had our kids, we have four boys. Our oldest are 24 and 22, and then we've got 16 and 14. So we, we had two real quick, got very overwhelmed, backed off for six and a half years, and then had two more. But the benefit of having that is that the older kids have been our best babysitters for the younger kids. So Jen yeah. and I have been able to, you know, just go down for a week down to Cabo right. and enjoy time together or we'll bring some kids down or some not or whatever. So I totally get where you're coming from. That's a, that's a pure blessing. And, and COVID has actually allowed us to be able to spend more time together under that premise. Yeah. So sometimes there's a silver yeah. lining in the, in the challenges, right? Absolutely. You know, when I see people with four kids, cause we only had two, uh, my, my question is always, why, <laughs> why did you do that? I'll why tell you why <laughs> I was trying to have one girl. Okay. And I ended up with four boys. So I, okay. I kept trying, <laughs> but I quit at four. Cause I was like, no, Sean does not make girls. See, Jen, Jen and I are high school sweethearts. Yeah. And so like when I started dating her, I was 18, she was 15 and she had a younger sister that was seven. Well, I watched that younger sister cause I'm an only child. I don't, I don't have any siblings. But I watched Jen's younger sister turn 13, 14, 15, and she was... A hellion. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that. But let's just say she was a challenge to your father at the time. And uh, the reality of it is is I'm like, I don't want any girls. I don't want to deal with this kind of stuff. And so uh, I tell Jen I had this secret (laughs) chant, no girls, no girls. I didn't want any girls. Well, you won. (laughs) (laughs) I think you won because you said the boys favor you, you know, like you're like, well, Sean, you didn't get a girl. You didn't make a girl. So you don't know what it's like to have a girl and have a daddy's (laughs) little girl. I got all my boys. Mama's boys. I have four mama boys. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we were. uh, Yep. 
we are certainly excited, Mark, to talk with you. Um, I, I just love your book, Unleash the Full Potential of Your Most Natural Talents, Ordinary Superpowers. I love the title. I love the colors. I, I just, I literally, so you sent me the book and we, we talked and you sent me the book. I got it yesterday. I have not been able to read the whole thing, but like I, I am just so excited to talk about it because I think it's so germane right now. I think there's a lot of people right now in the midst of COVID doing reflection, mm-hmm. you know, looking at their life, reflecting on the things that they enjoy, things that they haven't enjoyed, taking stock, let's say. They call the 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 great pause is what we're having right now, you know, because everybody's kind of in limbo to some degree. And I think the people that are handling it well are the people that are using the time wisely to look at their life and maybe go, am I on the right track? Am I not on the right track? You know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And so you really talk about kind of how to not only uncover your superpowers as an ordinary person, but use those for the good of what you were purposed to do. Maybe this is your purpose in life. Maybe this is where you're supposed to go. And so I can't wait to read the whole thing, but we were excited to talk with you about the book. So how did this all come about for you? Well, it began 20 years ago, honestly. Uh, People ask me how long it took to write the book. And I I tell them it took me 50 years to write the book because that's when I finally published it. But it started really 20 years ago when I started my, my core business, which is a business called Sparkspace here in Columbus. And it is a, an executive retreat center. So we host executive retreats, offsite, team corporate meetings, team building, workshops, seminars, all of that kind of stuff. And I had uh, been doing that for 10 years or so and really built up the business, uh, was at the time using what I did know I was eventually going to call my ordinary superpowers, but it was all about like exploring new ideas and communicating and marketing and simplifying things and trying to make things really efficient. All things I'm really, really good at doing. So I was having a blast for 10 years. And then 10 years, uh, I made the mistake of hiring a business coach. I say, I don't say that because the coach was bad. I say it because he actually asked me uh, two really powerful questions. Um, and I answered one of them the wrong way. The questions he asked me was, Mark, what's your mission? And the whole reason I had hired him was because I felt like my business had matured to a point. I, I needed to know what was next. I wanted to keep moving forward. So he said, what's your mission? And I said, well, it's to build this business. And we were sitting inside the business, inside my space. And he looked around and he said, it looks to me like it's built. And I was just like floored by that, you know, that observation and he was absolutely right. I was building, building, building something that had already been built. And he said, what's your mission now? And that's the question I just answered the wrong way. Like if I was on a game show, there would have been a big red X on the screen and <laughs> a loud buzzer would have gone off, you know, because the way I answered was I answered thinking about well, what should I do next? What does the business need or want me to do next? At the time, I was like, it's a mature business. It needs to continue to grow, but in a different way. So it needs a manager. It needs an administrator, not a builder or creator type. Dummy me, I accepted that role that I offered myself, and uh, I got pretty good at it, even though I didn't enjoy it. And I just, I knew for the longest time I was on the wrong path. And I finally woke up one day and just didn't want to go in. I didn't want to run the business anymore. I fantasized about selling it, about quitting, about just literally like tossing the keys in the ocean and walking away kind of thing. I knew that was wrong. People shouldn't feel that way, right? And 
so I went through, you know, this one of those dark nights of the soul kind of periods where I had to try to figure out what was going on because I was really, really, really not enjoying work. I, and it was a spilling over into my personal life. And, uh, you know, I was having marriage trouble. It was like everything was just piling up. And a lot of it was because I was just simply in the wrong place, doing the wrong things for what I should be doing. And uh, so I did two things. The first one was I got a counselor because uh, I realized I was, I was in depression at that point because I had been on the wrong path for so long. Seven years, by the way. That's how long I, I kept that role that I should have never taken. Uh, so seven years in, I'm like, I need help. And so I got counseling, which helped me with the depression. And then the second part of it was I just started looking at what am I, what am I good at doing? What do I love doing? What lights me up? How, how do I help people the best? And I started looking at those activities and roles and skills. And I came up with a couple of things that I thought were my top three superpowers. And those were to explore new things simplify stuff and communicate through writing and speaking. So I just started focusing more and more on that, started trying to get rid of a lot of the administrative work I was doing and managing, build a team around that. And I got happier and happier and happier. And I was like, man, you know, if this worked for me, you know, I bet other people probably need some guidance in this area. So I first put it into a workshop and that went really well. And so then I basically took that workshop and wrote it out in book form, and that's the book you have in your hands called Ordinary Superpowers. That's a big, long explanation of, uh, to answer your question about where did this come from, but that was it. It was through my personal experience of kind of going through a really tough time by being on the wrong path and then finally stepping back onto the right path for me. I connect with that completely. Does that sound yeah, familiar? Yeah, definitely. What, what were you thinking, Jen, when you, when you heard that? Sound like my story to some degree? Yeah, it definitely was your story. So, Mark, you know, I, I explained briefly a little bit about my own story, but like I can, I can, I feel like we're two brothers from different mothers here <laughs> because the, the reality of it was is that I went through almost the exact mm -hmm. same thing with my financial services practice. And you talked about, you know, kind of knowing that you were on the wrong path. And I had somebody early on in my career say, you know, you want to climb the ladder of success, right? But just make sure that the ladder is applied to the right wall. Right. Because as you're climbing, you might yeah. find yourself getting to the top and realize that your ladder is attached to the wrong, <laughs> the wrong wall or wrong building or whatever. And I went through the same thing. And I think that, that, you know, what was interesting to me is that you said you spent seven years in that. So what stopped you from making a change in those seven years? What do, what do you think was holding you back? Success. I, uh, I was doing really well at this role that didn't fit me. And I think that's very natural for people to do that. We get put in roles or we accept roles. We take new jobs. Uh, we assume new responsibilities and we don't want to fail. We want to succeed. So we work really hard to make sure that we succeed and we don't let people down. And if you have a business that relies on you and employees, you want to make sure that they, they stay employed and that they stay engaged and happy and, Part of that is making sure the business doesn't go out of business. And so that, for me, was what drove me was that sort of need to succeed no matter what role I was in. And so I got very competent at something I was fairly incompetent at doing. And, uh, you know, we won some awards and we, you know, we had success, we had profit, we had all the stuff that goes along with running a good business. Um, and so there was enough of that sort of reward to kind of keep me in it. I think even though I knew I could feel myself dying every day, I still like 
you know, I got good at doing something I didn't really want to do. And that's one of the big dangers that I preach to people is, you know, what happens when you get good at doing something? What do people want you to do when you're good at doing something? I'll ask you that. What do you, what do they want you to do when you're good at doing something? They want you to do more of it. Right, exactly. And then if you keep doing that and you work like in a corporation and you keep doing more of it, what do they want you to do after that? Even more. They, it's they like, want it's you like, to manage it, right? Yeah. They want you to become the boss of the thing that you never wanted to do in the first place. So you're stuck on this path and then and then you have golden handcuffs on top of that because there's financial rewards and there's prestige and there's all kinds of things that go along with it. It's almost as though you're describing what I was feeling myself. Mm-hmm. So I I had attained a certain level of success. I think that that was uh, both good and bad. Obviously, if you, if you strive in financial services, so I was a financial advisor. So I really didn't have an income on what I could make. And so the more smart I got with what I was doing, the bigger the marketing, the better the marketing, the more yeah. clients I attracted, the, the more money you could potentially make. And I think that you, you do find yourself in a situation sometimes where I literally felt stuck. I mean, I had a, a job and an, and an income that a lot of people would, would very much love to have, yet I felt like I was dying. Yeah, I felt like I, I would, like the job was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the one thing Jen said was I was always maybe too conscientious, like it mattered too much to me. So managing, you know, somebody's 40 years worth of savings and, you know, seeing it in the markets and seeing it in investments and the ups and downs of it, like I could never get away from that. I could never take a vacation and not feel unsettled if the market freaked out or if something had happened. And so it was just one of these things that the greater the level of the success, the more handcuffs I felt to the job. And then the the more you feel like you are stuck, the more you hate it. And so like that, that literally was my same situation. And I think you get to a point where either you got to fight for your, for your happiness, you got to fight for your existence, you got to fight for life. And that's kind of what I did. I, I, I came to the realization and I said to Jen, I said, I got to get out of this. I got to, I got to move on. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. I just know I need to move on. I need to do something different. Like this season of my life has passed. And so uh, I think that's exactly what you're saying. And, and that's a hard conclusion to come to, especially if you don't know necessarily what's going to come next. No, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I had those same kind of conversations with my wife over and over. And one, one day we were on a walk and this was one of those sort of aha moments for me where I, I finally had to say, I, I have got to change something. She, we're on a walk and I was just complaining again about everything. And she said, you know what? You've turned into the most negative, positive person I know. And I mean, I hit me like a ton of bricks. I I have to be quiet. She's in the next room because I don't think I've ever told her how much that affected me, to be honest with you. Um, Because it was like, you changed. That was, that was what she was saying. You've changed. You are not the same person as when you were really like lit up and on fire and doing the things that you love to do. You know, what happened to that person? And, and then I'm like, I've been asking myself that same question. So it was very convicting to, to know that other people saw it in me as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's something that you immediately know. And then when somebody puts up a mirror, I think yeah. you said counseling and stuff like that, when you go through, like I'm a complete advocate for counseling. I mean, I went through my own therapy, went through counseling for six years individually. Jen and I have been through couples counseling together. 
and I, I can't uh, sing the praises of it enough, but I think when somebody shows a, or puts up a mirror and you can actually really reflect and be honest with yourself, and sometimes it just takes somebody saying something and it completely changes mm-hmm. your view and let you go, whoa. And I think that that's one of those moments, right? Jen, yeah, Jen slapped me upside the head, whether she liked it, or whether that was her intent or not. She's done that many times with yeah, me. For sure. Like, well, you, you knew, you knew I wasn't happy. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you would just say you're, you're not happy. You hate this job. And like I told you, like, I felt like you cared way too much because I think you took everyone's investments and it became very personal to you. So if you have like 300 clients, it's like, you're so invested in every single one. Like you didn't breathe outside of work. Well, I think that the opportunity as we're having this dialogue right now is that I feel like the whole world has changed mm-hmm. since that time. I sold yeah. my practice in 2018. Thank God. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, here we are in 2020. We're in the midst of a pandemic. And I think that there's a lot of people that are assessing their lives mm-hmm. right now and going, okay, am I on the path that I should be on? And if not, what do I do to... To make a change, you know, do I have the courage? And, and you know, I know I, I completely left a really, really good job, really good income to go flip houses that I'd never done before in my life. <laughs> and so I don't I don't know if that was the smartest decision I've ever made or if it was not the smartest decision. But the reality of it is, is that I, I knew I had to chase my own happiness and I knew where I was wasn't where I was meant to be. I just felt that in my spirit. And I think that's what you connect with in the book is is talking about your ordinary superpowers and, and really kind of coming into a, a, a self-reflection mode where you take stock of what you're good at. And so let's let's walk through that because I think that's an excellent exercise. How do people really kind of connect with their ordinary superpower? Uh, and what do you mean by that? Well, ordinary superpowers to me are those abilities and talents and skills that you already have. You already possess these things that help you contribute your most powerful, positive way to the world around you. So they help you succeed, but they also you know, help lift other people up and, and serve other people and the world in general. And I call them ordinary superpowers is because the things that we're absolutely best at, the things that are kind of wired into us, they feel so normal to us that we have a hard time realizing how special and extraordinary they are. And so to us, they just feel like, can everybody do it? You know, if, if I love to explore things or I'm really good at simplifying things, those are some of mine. I thought for the longest time that everybody could do those things. Like there was nothing special about them. It wasn't until I really stopped to examine, like, what are my greatest strengths? And then probably the only time in life you're actually allowed to compare yourself to other people, you have to look around and say, do other people have these skills? And do they have them at the same level that I have? And if the answer is uh, no, they don't, then that's a pretty good indication that these are probably down the lines of superpowers for you. So I think it, it is super important to stop and say, you know, what lights me up? What am I good at? Well, how do I love to help people? What have people always complimented me for? What are, what are some of the things that other people have noticed in me that maybe I've kind of uh, shrugged off or ignored before, but now that I'm taking stock of all of this and I have to kind of really examine it, if, I, if I'm honest with myself, what are my greatest strengths? And then how do I activate those? How do I get more proactive about going out there and finding opportunities? to use those powers because we tend to use them very reactively um, and we don't really think about it because they're wired into us. I think the real power comes when 
once you identify and know what those are and you own it and you start broadcasting that to the world and you start looking for those opportunities to say, where can I plug in these powers? That's when things really change for you. And I think sometimes maybe you don't even know that you're that you have that superpower, but, but it takes somebody else in your life showing you, telling you, or talking about it. You know, Jen has done that. Like, like when you were talking, I was just imagining my, my dad, he's, he's passed away. He passed away in 2015. But when I was in my early twenties, he, he told me something that I'll never forget. He told me that I had the gift of gab, you know, that was just his, his way. He said, I have the gift of gab. And you know, at the time I was in a sales career. And so I thought that that's, you know, he was giving me an accolade for being a good salesman, but you know, here fast forward, 30 years later almost, and I'm doing a podcast, I'm, I've been on the radio, and like mm-hmm. the, the whole gift of gab has kind of changed for me, but like he he recognized something in me at the time that I didn't see myself, and yeah. so sometimes you, you just can't see that, because I, I connect with what you're saying all the time. If you, like you live with yourself yeah. 24-7. It's normal. It's normal. Like you've said yeah. that, Jen, like mm-hmm. you, you look at me and go like, how do, you, how do you do that? Like how can you do that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's easy to me or whatever the example yeah, I don't care what yeah. it is and we've all had those examples but like something that just comes naturally you talk about the superpowers being they're remarkable they feel natural to you it's something that you can do easily uh, you use them in many parts of your life you enjoy using them and they get super results mm-hmm. I mean if you look at something like that yeah. would you recommend that you you know like if you're trying to figure out what that is what your talents are do you, i mean do you get your family around you do you get friends around you do you query them as well to ask them what they think about what you're good at or not good at or you know what if what if you can't see that what you have is a superpower i think you need to go through a process i mean that's why i do the workshops that i do and i actually have a a four week virtual version that i i finally put together after dragging my feet through the first few months of covid i finally decided to try to help people virtually, which is what you're supposed to do now, right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But I, th- I think it helps to, to, be, to have some sort of process to walk through, to wake yourself up, you know, and whether that involves other people, uh, it certainly can. I would caution, though, like when I go through this with people and I work with them in workshops or, if, you know, they read the book or whatever, uh, I encourage people to actually do it yourself first. Go through and evaluate and try to be as honest and open with yourself as you can, because if you go straight to other people, sometimes they, they think your powers are what you produce. So they, they confuse your production with, with your power. And they might be the same thing, but very often they're not. If you looked at me you know, uh, several years ago when I was in the middle of my little dark night of the soul, um, people would have said, man, he's a really good manager. He's a really good leader. He's a, he's a, he's a good businessman. He's a good, uh, you know, organizer and, you know, motivator of troops and that kind of thing. And all, all that stuff, I hated it. I hated it, but I got really good at it. And that's what I was producing. So if you looked at me at that time, you would have thought, yeah, those are his superpowers, leading and managing a business and all of that stuff. But that's, that wasn't it. And, uh, if I had asked people at that time, that's what they would have said. So you have to be very careful about bringing other people into that conversation too soon because people only see what you produce. And that's the danger in, in the workplace, I think, where very often people are in jobs and roles where they, you know, they're called on to produce something. They do it really well. And so people automatically assume, well, that's their superpower. And that's not necessarily true. 
I think one of the things that you mentioned in, in your book that is a hallmark sign of a superpower is the, that you enjoy using them. And I think what I heard you say was you, you hated it, you know, like you hated, you hated that management, that uh, role that you had. And so I think that's kind of the key, you know, if you do filter results from other people, just, just filter them through the perspective of do, do I enjoy using it? Do, do I feel fulfilled using it? You know, is it something that, that I get energized from? I've heard somebody say to me one time that you'll know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing when after it's done, you feel more energized than when it started and time flies by. In other words, it just feels like time just literally flew by. Now you're connecting to something that's an innate, you know, purpose-driven, maybe talent or ability, et cetera. Would you agree with that? I totally agree. And I also usually use the example of, um, and even if you, you know, it energizes you and you can stick in it for a long time, but even if you get depleted, you're, you're what's called a good tired, you know? Yeah. It's that, that tired, that depletion where you're like, and as soon as I hit the sack and I, and I take a shower, I'm going to want to get up and do it again tomorrow. You know, I might be like completely exhausted by using my superpowers today, but I know tomorrow, man, I'm, I'm going to be right back at it. Cause I love doing it. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a, that's a good, good piece of advice and perspective. You also had in the book, six questions that reveal your ordinary superpowers. And, and I love these questions. And I think that this is exactly, you know, framing our conversation right now. What are you, number one is what are you always doing? So if you're listening right now, like, what are you always doing? Like, what do you, what do you find yourself doing often? And what do people always ask you for help with? What do you always feel compelled to volunteer for? What do you do that other people admire? What do you do that makes a positive difference? And what do you enjoy doing the most in the whole world? And now I, I th- those questions right there, I mean, if you, if you had that list down, I think that you can start to really narrow what your talents and abilities are from that list of questions. And those questions are harder to answer than, than you might think sometimes. Like if you say, what do people admire about you? A lot of people have a hard time getting that out of their, their head and onto a piece of paper uh, because we've been taught since we were little, don't brag about yourself. Don't, don't think highly of yourself. Don't think, you know, you're better than anybody. Uh, if, if somebody compliments you, shrug it off, you know, say it's no big deal. And so we've conditioned ourselves to almost overlook the things that people even admire about us from the outside. So that's part of what I try to work with people on is, is really letting go of some of that programming that we, we have since we're little kids. I mean, it's beat into us. Well, I'm a recovering narcissist. So if somebody gives me a compliment, I can't let it stick to me because then that could lead me down a path that I, I, I can't stay on. So it's not, it's not about me, you know, but Jen and I both have difficulty accepting compliments from people. It's yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm good. Well, you're, you're off. No, you're awesome. Like you're so yeah. good. No, you're so good. We're really good at returning a compliment if we get compliments. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, I I love the analogy when people compare compliments to gifts. It's like if somebody gives you a gift, you don't throw it back at them and go, nah, I don't need that. I don't want that. Thanks. Thanks anyway. They're like, wow, this is amazing. Thank you. And that's the appropriate response to a compliment. Somebody compliments you, you're like, wow, that's awesome. Thanks for noticing. And you can high five them back, but man, take those compliments. I think I would love to see more people do that. I think some other generations, I won't. I won't mention any specific <laughs> generation. Some generations are better at taking compliments than others. 
I think definitely the older generations right now have a really hard time mm-hmm. because we were we just learned a different way. We were taught not to put the focus on ourselves, that we were supposed to put the focus everywhere else. And I think if you're going to ever do any introspective kind of work where you're trying to discover, you've got to, like I said, you got to let go of a lot of that programming in order to even see what, what's inside of you and be honest with yourself and let it out. And that's the whole thing about like, I mean, if you're going to tap into your superpowers and you're going to serve the world in, in the best way that you can, you're going to have to be okay with that. Because if you're not, if you're holding back and if you're shrinking, it's like that Marianne Williamson quote, right? Like, who am I to serve the world in this way kind of thing? It's like, well, who are you not to? Like, you were born to live these powers out. You were given these powers for a reason. Now, does it have to be like world-changing, you know, cancer-solving, uh, hunger-solving kind of project that you take on? Absolutely not. In fact, at the very end of the book, one of the things I talk about is, you know, you don't have to change the world with a capital T-H-E. I think that's way too much pressure for most of us. I think we're called on to use our powers to change our world, my mm. world, my family, my community, my team, and let the ripple effect do the rest. Mm. There are some people who are wired and meant to go out there and put shoes on the, the feet of every kid who doesn't have shoes in the entire world or dig a well in every undeveloped country there ever was or solve some big world problem. But for the most of us, I think, man, if we just drop the rock in the water right where we are, let the ripple effect work. But you got to drop the rock yeah. and you got to do it. You know, where, where, where you stand, do what you can with what you got right where you are. Yeah. And I think it's important to uh, let somebody know that's listening right now that, that just because you ended up changing your life completely and I ended up changing my life and my career completely doesn't mean that somebody can't be using their superpowers where they exist now. But I, I honestly wish I would have done it sooner. I think I was scared and I think I was afraid. And I, I just think that, you know, circumstances for me, I'm, I'm very faith filled. I'm, I'm very spiritual. I just felt like God had to get me into a position where he forced me out in essence before I could, because he, he knew what he wanted me to do and, and where he wanted me to go. I had to get to that point though. And it, and it took me resisting, resisting and staying there. And I think success can be a, a set of handcuffs and you said it, I said it, but for some people, maybe that's not the case. But I think if you're reflecting right now, if you have any inkling in your body, in your spirit, in your mind, that you're not aligned with your purpose, that you're not doing what you love, that you're not doing what you're skilled at, that you're not doing what you were purposed to be doing on this planet, then by all means, consider making a change. Because I wish I would have made a change earlier. I don't know about you. If you said you, you felt stuck for seven years and kind of depressed, do you ever reflect on, man, I wish I would have done it five years earlier or, or six years earlier or whatever? Oh, Absolutely. And I don't know if I was even capable, but I would have loved to have not gone through that long of a period of time, you know, where I was really so stuck. I, I describe myself as just being in a fog all the time. Like I just had no idea where to even point the boat. You know, it was it was that that kind of tough for me. Uh, but when I when I started coming out of that, when I when I started making those changes. It reminded me so much of those Claritin commercials on TV for the allergy medicine where they show the whole commercial and you think everything's kind of normal, but then they peel back the corner and all of a sudden it's in like really vibrant, bright color and you're like, holy crap. Like I thought it was normal before. And then when we pulled back that, that film 
that fog, it's like, oh, oh, there's more color in the world that I wasn't seeing. Oh, there's a lot more to engage with than I thought. So I think, you know, you, but you got to start feeling that that cornerback. And the other thing I'll, I'll just drop in because you, you brought it up and I think it's a great point. You made a drastic change. I, I made kind of a medium change in a sense that I didn't leave my company. I just changed what I did within my company. And so many people feel like they have to blow everything up if they're going to make a change. And I think that's because they're afraid to like, it's easy, almost easier to blow everything up, like leave a job, go get another job, leave a marriage, go find somebody else. It's easier to do that than to sit and do the hard work of confronting what's right in front of you, trying to figure it out, trying to work with the other people involved and say, where, where do I fit best? How can I contribute to this in a different, better way? And that might take time. It might take weeks or months before maybe my boss and I can figure out a better use for me. And I have to be patient with that. Just like in a marriage, like you can blow it up and go find somebody else that is, you think might fit you better or might light you up more or whatever. Or you can sit and do the counseling and try to figure out, like, how do I bring my best self to this? How does my spouse bring her best self to this? How do we work on this together or not? You know, it's up to you. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying one way is better than the other. I'm just saying, like, look at all the options. Look at all the alternatives. And you don't necessarily have to, like, turn your entire life upside down in order to use your superpowers more. Yeah, I think some people may never find a job where they get to use their superpowers as much as they want to. So where else could you find to use them? Where else is there another place in your life where you could use your superpowers more and just let your job be your job? Yeah, I, I think that's a well said and, and good wisdom. I, I just think that that's one of the things that is kind of so, I hesitate to say it, but just good about where we are right now in relation to the pandemic. I think some people's lives have been blown up already. You know, mm-hmm. think of a gym owner, think of a of a restaurateur that oh, had yeah. three restaurants, et cetera. And so for the people that have maybe become unwitting you know, victims of the of COVID and the pandemic and their situation. This is a time where they can reflect and go, listen, maybe that business is gone. Maybe that business is dying. Maybe that business, maybe that season is is done. Maybe this is a maybe it didn't happen to you, but maybe it happened for you to to create a positive change, to to self-reflect on what your real talents are, you know? Like I did. I got completely out. I knew I had to get out. You found a way to maintain the business but yet find a different purpose for you individually. But I do think that there's people that are victims of the financial and economic carnage of COVID that have a unique opportunity to really take stock and go, okay, I was a gym owner. Do I want to continue to be a gym owner? Is that my superpower? Is that is that where my talents are aligned? Or maybe maybe I need to do something for charity or for maybe I need to create this foundation or maybe I need to make sure that this doesn't happen to somebody else. So I'm going to be a coach or mentor or whatever. I mean, it's a unique situation where everybody has a chance in, in, in the midst of all of the challenges of the country and the world to maybe chart a different course, yeah. you know, and I think it's harder to do when everything's great, you know, like if you go back a, a year and the stock market's at all-time highs, employment's at, at all-time highs, unemployment's at all-time lows, real estate's doing well, you know, it's really difficult in that kind of, a, of an environment to go, you know what, I don't, you know, that's what you and I went through. Like, I'd, I'd, I'm successful. How do I, how do I get out of something that I've been successful at, you know, and, and move a completely different way? Yeah, it's it, it it's easy to get stuck in uh, in comfort, even if it's not where you really want to be. 
And the other thing about this time is that we have time. You know, we, we have more time right now than we've ever had as a society to slow down, to stop, to think about these things. And I think some people are probably doing it pretty rapidly. Like I was unhappy before and now this gives me the chance. I'm going to change. I'm going to, I'm going to flip that switch and I'm going to go a different direction. Other people, you might need to just relax a little bit, take some time, take some time to even not think about it, you know, to just be still and to listen and to observe kind of what is bubbling up inside of you and what kinds of things you're passionate about, what kinds of things you're interested in, what do you not like about where you've been, you know, taking that extra time to, to examine and really go deep instead of turning on a dime and going a different direction. We've got the luxury of time right now to be able to do this kind of stuff. I mean, if you're unemployed, I know it's hard because you're, you, you don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from or you don't know when the unemployment is going to run out and all of that stuff. But uh, at the same time, like, I just don't know. I mean, it feels so luxurious. And I'm, I'm speaking from a point, to be honest with you, of I'm right back in that same spot because my business is dead. It's just dead. I'm in the hospitality business. I mean, there's nobody having business meetings right now. And that we, we've had like five meetings since March and I have my rent alone is, uh, is close to $200,000 a year. And I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right there along with so many people who are like, what do I do now? How do I change? How do I pivot? How do I do all this stuff? And I think there's a real danger in like choosing the wrong pivot. You know what I mean? Like you could like go, okay, I'm going to go this direction because this where this is where the opportunity seems to be. But maybe take a step back and say, does that really line up with the path I want to be taking long-term? And it's okay to make that pivot temporarily, but just know it's temporary yeah. and know that you need to be working on that longer-term path as well. And don't lose sight of it because then you'll be seven years down the line and you'll be successful in that new path and you'll be super unhappy again. And then you want to quit and go work at Home Depot like I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, thank you for sharing. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think that there's anybody that's going to come out of this whole thing unscathed. I, I know that there's a few select few that have come out of this having the best year that they've ever had financially or economically. But I think that that's obviously not the majority of, of people. And I think that uh, no matter how successful you've been, this has touched you. It's been a challenge. It's it's unnerving. It's uncertain. There There's um, change occurring. There's unknowns that we just can't decipher right now. So I think your point is, is very appropriate. I actually had that conversation with somebody earlier this morning that's, uh, that's a friend of mine. You know, he was just itching to, to make a move, make a decision regarding some investments that he wanted to make, et cetera. And I said, you know, listen, like sometimes just, just take a moment. Sometimes just pause. Sometimes just be quiet. Listen, you know, reflect. Sometimes if you, if you don't know which direction to go, it's because, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now, something may happen that gives you the exact confirmation that you're looking for, but you're itching so much right now to make a move that you, you miss it or you could miss it. And so just sometimes be, be at peace, be at rest, pay attention, be listening, be open-minded. And I think that's exactly what you're echoing. Yeah. And you know, I, my, in those dark times, my experience for myself has been that, um, you know, when I pray for guidance, I, I stopped praying for the, to see the whole map, the whole path, because I've just never got it. And so I just started praying for, just show me the next step. Just show me, just show me the direction I need to be pointed. 
and that's it. And then I'm at peace with that. Like, this is my next step right now. And so this is what I'm doing right now. I don't have to have the rest of my life mapped out for me. I just know that I'm happiest when I use my superpowers. I'm unhappiest when I put them away and I do things that I'm not competent at doing. So uh, as weird and sort of zen and zen-like as it sounds, it's like I just try to focus on the two or three things I'm good at and I kind of let the rest fall away most of the time. And when I do that and I'm not successful at it like 90% of the time, but when I do that, um, I'm, I'm at peace. I'm happy. I'm, I'm energized. I, I can handle all the dark stuff. So I, that's my, my kind of probably best advice is just make sure that you're stepping on, on the right path. And if you get off, step back on, just don't, don't stray too far. Well, I think from, from one, uh, one guy to another, I think that you're excellent at coaching. So maybe that's the pivot. Maybe that's the, uh, you know, helping people transition through, uh, some of the changes that we've both been through ourselves that we've lived and learned. Maybe that's a path that you'll venture down at some point. Um, you know, I don't know, but I, I've, I've loved your advice. I love the perspective. I love the wisdom you share. And I, and I think the book is a great, great example of you taking some knowledge for the benefit of other people can, can, you know, kind of, uh, distilling it down and, and putting it in a concise form and then allowing it to be, um, uh, purchased and read by others. So kudos to you for the book and, and, uh, you know, thank you so much for the, sharing that you've done today on the, on the show. And I think that your perspective is uh, spot on, on, uh, you know, kind of recovering from setbacks, finding your superpowers and then using that to pivot and head in a different direction. Well, I mean, I, I've always wanted to help people and I, I, during this time, you know, it's made me step back and say, uh, this can't all be about money anymore. It can't be, you know, it's because that's just not what it's about right now. Um, and so early on in, in COVID, I, I actually gave away a thousand books. I just decided, you know, when I was looking at that philosophy of do what you can with what you've got right where you are, I'm like, well, I have a basement full of books and they're not doing anybody any good sitting here. So I just gave them away and I even paid for the shipping and did all of that stuff. And so, I mean, it was a significant investment and gave away well over a thousand books, got them in a lot of people's hands. And it was a really just phenomenal thing and it felt great to do you know to just sort of just give without any expectation and so i uh i actually make the same offer to uh to your people if they want a book i do ask for postage now just because that that mm-hmm. does add up and, and when you're basically unemployed like mm-hmm. i am that adds up but if uh if you're interested i'd love to give books away to to anybody that wants them i'll send a free copy if you just pay for the the envelope and the stamp and it, i'll get it out to you right away that's just on my website at a superpoweredlife.com. You can do a free book there. You can get a, uh, my free five-day challenge, which helps you walk through how to discover your superpowers, battle your kryptonite, and uh, live a more superpowered life. So all of that. I'm just trying to get out as much stuff to help people right now, knowing that you know someday down the line, karma might return it back to me. But if it doesn't, I'm happy with doing what I'm doing. 
I, I love that. And that, that is really powerful. That is who you are. And I, and I totally respect that. So a superpowered life, uh, com. And what, I knew what Jen a, would get that. I knew she would <laughs> well, she's got the, she's the professional listener with the voice. So she's got the pen over there, make, make, making all the notes as, as, uh, I'm, I'm trying to follow along and, <laughs> and, uh, prompt the questions and, and continue the dialogue. But the, the reality of it is, is I think that's an incredible offer. Kudos to you for that. I, that, that just tells us I a think, lot about what kind of person you are. I think my superpower is taking notes well I and think being you got, a good listener you got more superpowers than that but maybe that's part of the list yes <laughs> thank you so you, much mark you and my wife have a lot in common <laughs> now, i like thank that you. thank you it's been fantastic this has been so much fun you've been an, a, just a phenomenal guest and uh, thank you so much for your offer and obviously we we're wishing you the best of luck yes. coming out of this i think you're planting a lot of seeds and i know about positivity i know mm-hmm. about planting seeds i know about the law of attraction i i'm i'm pretty confident that uh that this is going to come back to you somehow, some way. And, uh, but just thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the book that you wrote and the experiences that you shared. Well, thank you. And thank you for the uh, ongoing in- inspiration. I'm, I'm so glad I connected with you because I, I need what you're doing uh, as much as anybody right now. You know, I try to be positive and I try to keep things moving forward, but this is a tough time. Mm-hmm. So I just, man, I just appreciate what you guys are doing so much thank you well thank you for that 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 sometimes the encouragers need encouragement and that encourages us so thank you and we said thank you after that compliment yes yes we did good that was very good yes (laughs) that's my superpower (laughs) there you go (laughs) well i thought that was an incredible discussion i think that mark and i we went through the same experience. Mm-hmm. He just came out of it writing a book and I came yeah. out of it doing a podcast. Exactly. But we went through the same situation, kind of loathing our jobs, being unsettled, not feeling fulfilled, feeling like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this again today. <laughs> exactly. I think I became a less bright version of myself. I think my light was dimmer. Would yes. you agree with that? No, totally agree. Were you worried? Your that- light was almost out. What? Yeah. It was bad. That's sad. I felt like we should have had our capes on for this interview, though. I kind of want to go get one. I have them. You have a cape? I have a bucket full of capes Why do you have a bucket full of capes? Because I run in them. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have so many. I have all the colors, and they sparkle. They're amazing, and they make you feel amazing. Here's what like I know. Like a superhero. Well, you're already a superhero because I know, I know you're like a Viking warrior princess with an axe and a sword. That's and you should I, have a cape. That's why I have so many capes. That's right. I don't want people to question. Well, for our listeners, fun fact, mm-hmm. Jen used to do all of these Disney races, and that's part of how she grew her Instagram following. Until they canceled them. Until they canceled them. Um, but she had all, she handmade all of her costumes and she used Mm -hmm. to get so much praise and accolades from people because they do these races and it'd be a 5k and a 10k and a half marathon and a marathon potentially. And she would have to dress up in different themed outfits. And you did such a great job at that. I loved it. That was my superpower. Being a A runner with a cape. Being a superhero. My superpower superpower is being a superhero. That's mine. (laughs) Yep. What did you um, what did you take away from that? You know what I was actually just reading his book. What's your hope nugget? And he has so many great hope nuggets in here, but he has a lot of quotes and I just think they're they just all make me smile, but this one right here. Caution. When you start to proactively use your ordinary superpowers, you are incredibly likely to start getting results you didn't expect. Good ones. 
So I'm like, I need to start using them. That's hope filling. It's very hope filling. I want good results. This book has so many great little nuggets. So I recommend his book because it's an easy read. And if you're like me who can't sit down and read for more than five minutes because ADD. Well, what a, what a phenomenal guy because he's just talking about his own mm-hmm. situation. Like his business comes grinding to a halt. He's got a really, really expensive office, right? So he's got this rent, a couple hundred grand a year in rent that he's got to pay. And he doesn't know how he's going to pay that because COVID has completely shut down his business. But here this guy mm-hmm. is offering to do what? To give you a book for free. I know. And so where, where do people find that again? Oh my gosh. You got to look that up. But what were you trying to show me? You're trying I to show want me some. you to read that one because it's so good. Many people will say lack of time is their biggest obstacle. While it can certainly feel that way, lack of time is never the problem. Lack of time is a symptom. Yeah. And nobody has lack of time right now. Yeah. We all have the same 24 hours. And it's, you know, you're supposed to be in quarantine, right? I know. So you have more this time. This is true. But anyways, to get a free copy of his book, all he asks is that you pay for shipping and you can do it on his website at a power, a, let's scratch, scratch, a superpoweredlife.com. You can get a free book there. And also he, you can sign up for a free five-day challenge. I love that. I love challenges. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed that interview. Thank you so much, Mark. It was an incredible interview, and I applaud what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I know these are little seeds of hope that you are going to reap in the harvest, and it's going to come back to you. Yes, thank you. All right, so if people uh, want to hear more of a podcast, you can listen to our podcast on any podcast platform that's out there and available. So whether it's Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you consume podcasts, mm-hmm. you'll find us, Hope Radio Podcast. And then we're on social media. On Hope Radio Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, write us a review, give us a five-star rating. We would love that. Apple Podcasts, we're trying to r- rise in their ranks. And so if you're so inclined and you have an iPhone, uh, please leave us a review there. You know, we'd love that. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think we should do. What? I think we should do another show. Okay. I think we should do another show tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to commit to it right now. We're going to do another show, Jen. Okay. Here's a preview of Hope Radio Podcast, our next episode, number 80. This volunteer came into the kitchen and said, Kayleen, the woman in the dining room, the mom, she doesn't look well. And I went around the corner and she was um, having she had that same death rattle that my mom had. And her head was tilted back and unresponsive. So we called the ambulance. Now, I have a hundred adults with special needs in my house. You have to picture this. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. We have to clear it. Nobody moves fast. Nobody moves fast. We've got to clear a way to get the ambulance in here. So my kids, my two boys, they're like, Mom, I'm going to get the door off the front door to get the ambulance in. We'll just move people really slowly. Don't worry. And nobody even really knew anything was going on except for, like, myself and my husband and the volunteers. Because they just wanted their gifts under the tree because we were going to do, like, a <laughs> gift exchange. They had their number. And they're like, why are you moving this out of the living room? And I'm like, um, we're just going to move you out of the living room for a few minutes. And so in comes the fire department, in comes the police department, in comes the ambulance. This lady is having a heart attack, a massive heart attack.